Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Final hour with Mike Florio kicking things off. Fist pump time on the fan camp, Twitch, and YouTube. Thanks to Dave Hellman from FS1 joining us for an hour in studio here on Sean, RJ, and Bobby. This is your home of the Rangers and America's team. Pretty stunning headline in the 6 o'clock hour that came out. Michael Irvin has dropped the lawsuit he filed last month against the Marriott. Why would he drop the lawsuit? So I immediately started texting our good buddy Mike Florio, the attorney from profootballtalk.com, and he agreed to pop on with the legal explanation. Good morning, Mike. Why, why is this happening? Well, there were a bunch of different theories that I had kicked around in an item we posted earlier today at PFT, and one of them focused on the motion to dismiss that Marriott filed in the case that is now dismissed, arguing that Marriott doesn't own the hotel, that it licenses its brand to whoever owns and operates the Renaissance Hotel in Phoenix where all of this happened. And that seems to be what has gone on because, as you guys have surely seen by now, the case, I'm told, has already been refiled in Arizona. So they know who to sue now. And it'll be whatever the name of the company is that runs that hotel, that pays Marriott, to license the brand. And I wouldn't be surprised if Marriott is a party under an argument that they negligently supervise the licensee, et cetera, et cetera. There's some Marriott policy that caused or contributed to this. Individual employees of the hotel probably also will be defendants. And this one, unless there's a question of federal law that's raised in, in Irvin's complaint, this is one that'll stay in Arizona state court and uh, they'll battle it out there. And, and see what transpires. But the key is they're going to have a press conference in a couple of hours, and they are going to play that surveillance video that Irvin and his lawyer were able to pry away from Marriott during the existence of the case in Texas. Does this mean that the, the sum that they're going after may change because it may not be under Marriott, which would theoretically be a bigger company? Well, the sum that is put in a complaint is meaningless. Frankly, you don't go to court and say, I want $100 million, and the jury decides yes or no, you get $100 million. There's an unlimited number that the jury can ultimately provide, and it's whatever the jury wants to give you because a lot of the damages in a case like this aren't based on any mathematical calculation. It's your your reputational damage, pain and suffering, mental anguish, all the – different terms that lawyers will throw into a complaint. And basically you just hope a jury gets sufficiently pissed off at the defendant that they run away with a giant number. The hundred million is for the benefit of the media to create greater attention. The number doesn't change. And really in most jurisdictions, all that you have to do is say that you're seeking enough money 
in order to satisfy whatever the minimum is to get you into that court in the first place. All right, so to simplify, this is not case drop, settlement reach, everything over. We're just moving this officially to Arizona with the video being shown in two hours today. Exactly. I mean, my first thought when I saw it was dismissed was, well, they settled it because that's what you would do if you settle it. But then when the press conference notice went out, it's like, well, this isn't over yet unless one of the terms of settlement is we're going to play this video anyway. And Michael Gelkin of the Morning News told me that the dismissal was without prejudice, which is key. If it's settled, it's with prejudice. It's over. It's done. If it's without prejudice, that means you can refile it, which they've already done. And and now they focus on just and this is a smart way to go. You focus on the company that runs the hotel. And the reason they have to go to Arizona, my guess is, this is a company that only operates in Arizona. It doesn't have ties to Texas. So you can sue Marriott in pretty much any state in the country because Marriott is present in every state in the country. This company that, that owns and operates the Phoenix Renaissance, my guess would be, has no ties of any kind to Texas preventing Irvin from suing them there. He has to go to them in Arizona. Mike, does this still feel to you that Michael Irvin is in the driver's seat with this case? Well... To the extent that we were led to believe that there was something on this video that was a smoking gun and it would tell the whole story and Marriott dug in their heels and refused to give it up and then ultimately pissed off the judge by defying his order as to the terms of disclosing the video. I mean, anytime someone acts like they have something to hide, it makes me think they have something to hide mm-hmm. and they're concerned about what's on there. The The story that was told in the the filing from last Friday about the interaction between Irvin and the accuser. Okay. We have something tangible now that Marriott put on the table. They've disclosed some of their cards. It just raises more questions. How many different times was this version told? How many different versions were told? What was told to the NFL? And I perked up and I, I think Sean, I, I texted you about this when I saw that Marriott claimed the NFL actually got involved and, interviewed the employee directly and saw the video before making the decision to remove Michael Irvin from the airwaves. So there's a hell of a story here to be told, and there's a lot that needs to be tested by cross-examination and scrutiny. So uh, we know what Marriott claims, but just the fact that they were so resistant and reluctant to put any cards on the table makes me wonder how strong of a story it's going to be. And I also wonder how far up the ladder this goes within the NFL and whether at some point the NFL is going to be in a jackpot over all of this. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com. Also the new novel out April 25th. You can pre-order it now, Father of Mine. It is a mob book for only $4.99. Florio here on the Diamond Factory Hotline. So do you think Mike has grounds to go after NFL Network, ESPN, if they kept them off TV for this? Well, yes, because it adds to the perception that he did something bad. Yeah. Right? Whatever he supposedly did, if you remove the guy from the airwaves, you're telling the world that this guy did something bad. And it's dangerous ground for Mike Irvin because he's working for NFL Network. I mean, you create, at a minimum, an awkward work experience for yourself if you sue your employer. And you know, we've we've seen 
that come up in the context of folks like Colin Kaepernick. You become persona non grata and people don't want to deal with you, even though Michael Irvin would be fully within his rights, just like a Brian Flores. He's gainfully employed by the Vikings right now, and he has a viable lawsuit against the NFL and multiple teams. If that's something Irvin would want to do, I think a lot of it depends upon what they learn. And I think they're still just early on finding out how deep this rabbit hole goes. And it's got to make the NFL nervous that they're already being kind of pulled into this and their process is being exposed. And they're going to have executives who get asked tough questions by Irvin's lawyers or Marriott's lawyers as they try to piece this thing together. And the separate question you mentioned ESPN, somebody said something to ESPN to get Michael Irvin removed from first take that week, which just adds to the perception he must have done something really bad. So, yeah, just a lot of questions to answer. This is one that, you know, I don't, I don't miss practicing law because it's a grind and it's difficult and you're fighting all the time. And a lot of times, you know, you're just, you're, you're, you're dodging every possible attack and every angle and everything they can throw at you. This one would be fun from the standpoint of figuring out who said what to whom and when and how many different stories are out there and who made the big decisions. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, joins us here 105 Through the Fan. I, I hate the story. I wish both parties would just go away. But Rodgers, Jets, <laughs> Packers, trade. What, where are we with this? When is something going to happen? Well, you know, as of yesterday, Trey Wingo dropped the bombshell that the deal is done, that he's going to the Jets. Now, what I had heard when I started poking around is it's not done, but he's come to terms with the fact that he's going to the Jets, and he was actively involved in recruiting Packers players who are available to sign with other teams to come join him with the Jets. Otherwise, it's all quiet. I've heard that maybe the Packers are waiting and deciding on whether or not to agree to the final terms. You know, both sides have leverage here. The Jets have leverage over the Packers because the Packers cannot put the toothpaste back in the tube now, not after the things the team CEO Mark Murphy said last Friday. The Packers have leverage over the Jets because what the hell else are the Jets going to do? Derek Carr is gone. Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. How do they placate their fan base if they don't land the plane with Aaron Rodgers? They just need to work all this out. And it's got to be done by tomorrow at 4 o'clock because Rodgers has a massive cap number for 2023 that needs to be dealt with. There's an option bonus that needs to be exercised to knock that thing down to something manageable. So they need to get him uh, traded Wednesday right after 4 o'clock, and then the Jets need to exercise the option bonus. They get a manageable cap number, and everybody moves forward. And I I suspect that we're going to hear something today or tomorrow I, at a certain point, it, it becomes ridiculous, and it's already kind of there. It wouldn't surprise me if Rodgers doesn't pop on to Pat McAfee's show today to tell the world that he's going to be a Jet. <laughs> do you think the Panthers have a good idea of what they want to do at the top of the draft, or, or did they get there and now they're kind of standing around going, well, what, what, what's the next move? What, it is, what is it exactly that we want to do here at the top of the draft? Well, I think there's a reason why C.J. Stroud quickly became the betting favorite to be the first overall pick in the draft. He was third behind Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson, and then, boom, all of a sudden it's minus 300 C.J. Stroud. That seems to be the guy that the Panthers would take if they stay there. Do they get cute and move down to two with the Texans or four with the Colts and just accept that we'll be happy with whoever's left over? That's kind of what the 49ers did when they moved up to number three two years ago. They, 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 they didn't know who they wanted out of the guys they knew who would be left. They were making the bet that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson would be gone, 
and then we get our pick of the guys who are left. And right now the Panthers get their pick of, of anyone they want, and there, there is a chance, and they've, they've put out the word to multiple reporters, so I think that's their way of getting people accustomed to the possibility that they will, they will potentially move down if they become comfortable that multiple guys will work out. But look, look at any draft over the past 20 years. You can probably even go back farther than that. First-round quarterbacks, bust rate, right around 50%, maybe a little bit lower than that. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't get cute. I wouldn't play games. I'd make my assessment as to which of these guys is going to be a franchise quarterback, and I'd go get it done. But I, I go back to 2018. Baker Mayfield, one. Sam Darnold, three. Josh Allen, seven. Josh Rosen, ten. Are, are you kidding me? One out of the four guys panned out, and he was the third guy taken. What else surprised you yesterday, and what do you think? Is there something you're keeping an eye on today? We know the Rodgers deal. We know about Garoppolo. Something else that caught you off guard yesterday or you think could catch uh, others off guard? Well, I was surprised Garoppolo went as quickly as he did to the Raiders. When you look at the deal, though, it leaves the door open for the Raiders to draft a quarterback and put Jimmy G in the position he was in two years ago when he's the starter, but there's a guy that is behind him that is going to take over at some point. I was surprised the 49ers went as aggressively as they did after Javon Hargrave, especially when they've got to pay Nick Bosa a ton of money. I think Sam Darnold is a fascinating option there at quarterback if Brock Purdy and Trey Lance aren't ready to go. And the Mike White move to Miami, they need a durable backup. And when White has played, he's gotten banged up. But, you know, that's a team that feels like they're the F them picks equivalent of the Rams from a couple of years ago. But they need Tua Tonga-Vailoa to play, and they need a reliable backup. And I love Mike White as a player. And, man, if he gets on the field, you may have a clash between the Mike F. and White crowd and the Tuanon crowd. But I, I just I thought that, that they'd go elsewhere <laughs> at backup, somebody that they could count on to come in and play and, and not get banged up the way we saw Teddy Bridgewater get banged up pretty much every time he had a chance to come in and play for Tua. Well, we can – Promise you, you're not going to be writing any major cowboy headlines now the free agency has started. For two weeks, uh, so you can keep it all about Michael Irvin coming from Texas. That's it, or or Arizona, as the case now is. Mm. That's right. Thank you, Arizona for that. through Texas. But yeah, it, it really is a fascinating story, and I'm glad you guys are covering it so aggressively. I mean, because because if if and, and look, I, I and we have a bias. We have an admitted bias. We have right, Mike look, on every look, week. Look, accusations need to be taken seriously. But there's something about this, the way Marriott's handled it. They pissed the judge off with the way they've handled it. There's something about the way they've handled it that I think makes us wonder what's really going on here. And did this thing take on a life of its own? And did somebody have a bias against Michael Irvin? Or did they overreact because of Irvin's history? Whatever the case may be. But there's something about this one that hasn't felt right from the get-go. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com with the legal breakdown, all the NFL news on the website, and the book available for pre-order now, Father of Mine, for only $4.99. Thank you, brother. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Mike Florio, Diamond Factory Hotline. Did we see the next Jalen Brunson for the Mavericks last night? And why didn't the Rangers sign this Cy Young winner before he went to Japan? That's all next. Then Crosstalk on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 